Okay, everybody, welcome back to Talk of the Now podcast with Gene. And I wanted to have a special day where I could come to you and just talk a little bit about the 4th of July Independence Day, sort of have a special edition, if you will, of Talk of the Now podcast, just to sort of um, take a moment, kind of like we did for Memorial Day. And I won't do this for every holiday, but I just thought it'd be fun to think about what we've what we celebrate and what we go through um, as far as celebration goes and kind of the reasons that we celebrate Independence Day and the history of it. Um, you know, we usually think of Independence Day. Well, what is Independence Day? I pulled up a few little factoids for you to think about that the Declaration of Independence wasn't signed on July 4, 1776. It was actually formally declared on July 2nd, 1776. Um a date that John Adams believed would be the most memorable epoch in the history of America or epoch. I don't think, I don't know if you pronounce the A. Anyway, on July 4th, 1776, Congress approved the final text of the declaration. It wasn't signed until August 2nd of 1776. So as you can see, that was sort of a transitional period, I guess, for that to actually happen. Uh, the two youngest signers of the Declaration of Independence we're both from South Carolina, Mr. Thomas Lynch Jr. and Edward Rutledge of South Carolina, both born 1779. Um, a very interesting fact about the, um, this is that the oldest signer was Benjamin Franklin during that time, and that there were actually 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence. Um, during the um, 50th anniversary of the independence, that would be July 4th, 1726. Both John Adams and Thomas Jefferson died the same day. That's very interesting that that happened on the 50th anniversary of that date. Um, of the 56 signers, the most were nine from Philadelphia, I'm sorry, Pennsylvania, followed by seven from Virginia and five from both Massachusetts and New Jersey. Uh, there were 2.5 million people living in America in 1776. Last year's population of the same date was, I guess we'd say around 330 million. Now, I, I brought a few resources for us to think about. One, of course, is the Declaration of Independence. This is a nice little um, copy that I have. And it says the U.S. Con I'm sorry, not the Declaration. This is the U.S. Constitution. And um, a few fact, fascinating facts about it, it says. Um, I don't think this includes the Declaration of Independence. Actually, it does on page 59. So if you read through the, the Declaration of Independence was not a very long document. It's not nearly as long as the Constitution. But if we start off with it, just the beginning, it says the first paragraph, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bonds, I'm sorry, bands, which have connected them with, the, with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitles them, entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the, to the separation. So it's not exactly a flowing you know, unlike the uh, constitutions first, you know, the we, the people. Um, and ab above that, actually, under that, in Congress on July 4th, it says the, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. So another thing to remember for those that aren't 
very familiar with history, maybe you're younger, is that we weren't actually a nation because of the Declaration of Independence, if you will. Um, I, mean, I guess we declared ourselves an a, um, independent nation, but you know we weren't uh, formally recognized, I guess you would say, by the um, international community. Because in some ways, especially then, I think you had to you had to have that recognition. Um, kind of like today, there are countries where that are not recognized by the majority of other international countries. Um, you could obviously declare yourself a legal country all day. You know, other countries may not recognize that. Um, here we have a few resources. Otherwise, this is one that I'm actually reading now. It's called His Excellency about George Washington. You might want to pick that one up. One that I have read is Thomas Adams by David McConnell. He's an excellent author. And this is a pretty thick book, well over, I think, 600 pages. And that one really goes well into his life. I actually read a blog about that one. Another one that I'm almost finished with is this one. This is the cover art of it, the cover um, page of it is by Paul Johnson, A History of the American People. And at some point, I think I do want to do a spinoff of this to do a basically a History of America blog, I'm sorry, podcast that will go into the chron chronological history of America, maybe going all the way back to, you know, the first peoples that came to America, you know, way back in BC times before um, Europeans came. Another one that I'm going to get to, I've read the first two chapters is David, another David McConnell is 1776. And um, that's an excellent book as well. There's Mr. McConnell on the page. And this book is, it's very detailed, um, very, um, I don't know, it just goes into a great narrative of that history, historical period. Another one that I've read that I would recommend is by Walter Isaacson. Benjamin Franklin. I think this uh, writing might be backwards on here, but that's Mr. Ben Franklin. And this is an excellent book as well. Well written, and you really get an idea of what Ben Franklin was like. There's been several bios written by most all the, the first founders and presidents, but those are those are some of the ones that I've read. You know, we're always learning and trying to understand more about it. And those are some of the ones that I've read. So what, um, how do we celebrate 4th of July? Is it just hot dogs and hamburgers and french fries and potato chips and hanging out with family and friends watching fireworks at the end of the day well yes it, it is a lot of that that's a lot of what we celebrate is it just um is it just a is it just a day that we get off of work i mean like i said for memorial day is it just a day that you know somebody wants to get off work and maybe drink a, put a few back you know hang out with some friends and just be glad that you're not working well, yeah, for some people that is, but we also need to remember that freedom is not free. That's one of the um, the lessons that I learned later in life um, after childhood is that freedom is not free. It did cost something. And I don't want to necessarily get into the controversies around it, but I've even I've even read some things that said that um, there are there are scholars that think that um, America should not had no real reason or right to declare independence from Britain. That can be argued in many senses of the word. I happen to think that they were justified in it. Um, you know, every every people's group, every people group, people's group, in some ways has the right to declare their own independence, I suppose. 
um, especially if they're doing it for good motives and to the betterment of their citizenry. And in the case of the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence and, you know, the first, second Continental Congresses, they came together under Ben Franklin, under Thomas Jefferson, you know, those leaders of the time, John Adams, and decided, you know, that we are tired of living under what they considered to be the, tyr the tyranny of the British Empire and declared their independence. Um, ben Franklin, you know, after the Stamp Act, he, he, went to, he went to London and tried to plead the case of America. And, you know, the Congress, and, and from what I gather, especially from reading the biography, is that Ben was not, he did not necessarily want to declare this independence. He didn't want it to just be, you know, a separate country altogether right away. You know, I, I think from what I gather is that he was more in the favor of saying, hey, let's work this out. You know, we like being part of the crown. We like being part of British society. We are Britons. We are British men and women. We are here to serve the king, King George of the time. And so he was going there to plead the case. But you get the, the idea that the hierarchy of the time in London which is who controlled, you know, America from afar is that you're under our thumb, you know, you're going to do what we want to do. You serve us and we are going to set the rules and we're going to set the pace. We're the ones who decide what's right and what's wrong for America. And maybe that was arguable. I don't know. I mean, you know, they, they funded the founding of the colonies. They decided to, you know, allow these um, adventurers to go out there and settle into these colonies and start Jamestown, Williamsburg, Plymouth, and on down the line, you know, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, you know, all the way up to Massachusetts and um, New York. And so may maybe, the, you know, I I'm still learning and I'm still reading into it, you know. But when we look at it, when we look at the past and the history of it, that's what happened. And that's the way it is, is that they decided in their best interest and in their best knowledge that it was time for independence. And that, that opened up the door to freedom. You know, they weren't living under a tyranny, so to speak. And, and in a lot of the senses that we know other countries have lived under tyranny and so forth. But as time goes by and you get into the later days, 1790s, 1800s, economic freedom is really what kind of kicked in and that just paved the way all the more for people to live. I would say in a much better situation than anywhere else in the world before that time. One thing I wanted to do before I go is just read a, um, a personal note from a guy that I know. I won't tell his name cause I don't have his permission necessarily to read this. Um, but I don't think he would mind. We'll call him Dan for now. And basically, um, to summarize, he said that uh, he could remember at the 200th anniversary back in July 4, 1776, that he was excited to go to um, high school that day to the football field um, to set up his blanket, to celebrate the 200 years. He had been 15 at the time. And he said that uh, he looked up at the beautiful and colorful explosion canopy of the fireworks and then he looked over at his dad, who had served in the military, staring up at the, at the display with a blank stare, tears streaming down his face. 
And he asked, Dad, are you okay? He gently and powerfully responded with a tone of resignation in his voice. Or resignation, excuse me, in his voice that I have never heard before since. He said, I lost a lot of, he said, Dan, I lost a lot of friends at that, to that sound, sound of the fireworks. You know, I guess it reminded him of the, the sounds of gunshots, bombs, so forth. He said, this, this haunting sentence rings into my heart to this day. For the first time, the reality of the truth behind the 4th of July and the reality of the cost, especially for people like my father, had really hit home. And then he says, for all of you who are serving in the armed forces, for all of you veterans who served, and for those who live with a memory of those who served, I say thank you from the bottom of my heart. That was a really special thing, and I think I'll leave it there today and just say you know when you watch the fireworks you know don't just look at the um you know look past the the display the beauty of the different colors i mean when we think about people that serve to protect our country you know it's not always about the motives but they're you know they did sign up and they want to serve the country to protect it and with that we'll leave you and thanks for joining us and i hope you did enjoy your fourth of july have a great day, and thanks for joining us on Talk of the Now.